Hey, before today's episode of Same Business, Different Day, I want to invite you to listen to Velocity, the Vista Chamber podcast, where we interview the movers, shakers, and changemakers of Vista, California. Watch Velocity on YouTube or tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Velocity, moving Vista forward. What, what was the goal? Um, actually just to learn. I'm just, okay. I love learning about so important. things all the time mm-hmm. and I cannot stop. And I actually had not. So it's funny. I got my bachelor's degree. Then I went back for the associates. Does that make sense? Illogical. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I decided to pursue the master's degree in social psychology. I mean, that's the focus of it because it just fascinates me how the outside world has such a big influence on how we think. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the people around us, our culture, and we don't even understand it. We don't even know. Yes. And it really, it's, you know, we think about using positive affirmations. Yes. Like, why do they work? Mm-hmm. And why does that stuff work better when you do it together with a group? You know, there are reasons why that, that actually happens. Mm-hmm. And especially when you do things in a group, when you have that support, it's exponential. You That's know, right. the results that you get. get, get, get. Same business, different day. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Same Business, Different Day podcast. I'm your host, Zeke Corley, recording from our studio here at the Film Hub, where it feels like summer in the middle of January. My, San Diego, California for you. Now, the guests have been special all season, hashtag Meraki season, and today is no different, bringing her own energy and vibe into the house today, and it's also welcome the sheer number of accomplishments of this woman should not be underestimated. Writer, teacher, leader, and so much more. Let's make room in the same business, different day studio for the big, beautiful mind of Corrine Lebrun. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so I'm really glad that you're here. And thank you. You know what? Even just inviting you here. I obviously remember meeting you the same night that we've talked about about Meraki season Mm -hmm. and the birthday dinner for um, Mosise. But at the same time, um, just since we've been corresponding since then, the emails and everything, you can just feel the energy. And so I just really appreciate that and, and uh, the positivity. So I knew that getting you in here was going to be so much fun. Well, thank you. It's an honor. Thank yeah, you. Truly. Yeah. Thank you. So now we'll um, we'll get to know you first and kind of talk about your journey and all of that. And then we'll get to know later about the business person that you are today. That's cool. Okay. Yes. Okay. So where did it all start? Where where where'd you grow up? Mm-hmm. So it all started in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. And I was born to immigrant parents. Mm. My mother's from Germany, and my father was from Tunisia. I mean, French Tunisia. He's French Tunisian. Okay. And they met there at an international like youth hostel, and so I grew up as first generation American. Okay. And um, let's see from there. Unfortunately, my father died young when I was six years old, and my mother said, oh, forget it. We're going to go back to Germany. So I lived in Germany Mm. with my grandmother, 
And then my mother said after a year, I hate it here. I want to go back to the United States. <laughs> now, she was raised there, right? She was yeah. raised in Germany, but she went back and, and remembered how much yeah. she didn't like it. So how long were you in Germany? About a year. Okay, just about a year. Yeah. So it was okay. like full immersion into the German language. Uh-huh. So um, it was So what, what were you guys speaking before when it was you and your mom and dad? English. Oh, really? Yeah, in Boston, yeah. And so... I was in first grade, and so when I was in the German school, it was like I had no idea what was going on. Okay. And it was, but I had to follow along, and by the end of the year, I knew a lot because I would, like, run out to um, <clears throat> run to my grandmother and say, how do I say this word? How do I say that word? Right, and right. And so that's basically how I learned how well, to speak German. I yeah. mean, but that's good. At least you have some support. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it, It's yeah. funny that we talked about Mo when he came here. And just being like, like he said, he calls it cold turkey. Like he was mm-hmm. just thrown into, you know, you got to learn English. Here's the English classes. Now figure it out. Wow. You know, and, and you know, that's just such the immigrant story is always such a fascinating one. Um, I even hear people um, learning it by watching TV. I've, yeah. I've, and, and just Mo and I agreed because I, I've learned a lot of Spanish over the years and he said, uh, we both agree that you kind of know you're there when you start dreaming. In, in exactly. <laughs> and I was listening to the podcast. Okay. Um, I was listening to what he was saying. And it was like that, you know, being being a kid, it's like you pick things up quickly. Sure. But so I still, I had to come back to the United States mm-hmm. with my mom, but I still spent every summer with my grandmother. And so I learned how to speak German and dream in German. And mm. then it was... And then I unfortunately developed an accent in all that. So when I came back, actually, after the first year, mm-hmm. you know, people thought I was this, you know, weird immigrant cr- kid from Germany. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God, where do I fit in? OK. Um, but there's a lot of immigrants in Boston. Though, so when you came back, did you come back to Boston? Mm-hmm. Or, OK. No, bo- bo- no, Connecticut, actually. So that's where you came back to. Yeah. OK. Okay. Because my aunt lived there and it was my father's sister. Okay. And so it was it was a little rough because then I had a hard time understanding what people were saying in English. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, well so early in life though. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, yeah. now you start thinking this way and now you gotta start trying but that actually Later in life, you don't know it then, but later in life it probably helps a lot, like with the versatility, right? Oh, entirely. Okay. It's like I also lived there again when I was 14 with my grandmother for another year or so in Germany. Uh And I think what those experiences did for me is made me realize you can see the world through entirely different points of view based on the culture you're in. Sure. And also the language you speak, like what that has to do with your perception of the world. And those are things that really remarked on me because sometimes I felt like I was an entirely different person when I spoke German than when I spoke English. Really? I felt I was much more extroverted when I was in my German persona, and then I was much more introverted when I was in my my American persona when I was a kid. Wow. You know what? Okay, so we got to deviate. I got to find, I got (laughs) to answer this, because uh, I know that you study psychology. I know where where you are in your your studies, and and Mm -hmm. I think all of that's fascinating. We'll get into that. But... Do you find that paralleling in any other facet of life uh, other other than, I mean, let's say even, even with language, like as we've gotten older, can you think one way and have one personality and, and then just be speaking to other folks and have a different personality completely? 
Well, uh, yeah, I'm a total ambivert. And I wonder what if... What does that mean? I ambivert. Okay, see, that's okay. bigger than my... That's, <laughs> no. I'm not ready for this. You're going to have to educate me early. <laughs> but now I get it. Ambidextrous, ambivert. Okay, so I get yeah. the, the prefix. Okay. So like you're extroverted and mm-hmm. introverted uh-huh. in a ba- in sort of a balanced way. Okay. But it's like you you have traits of both. Okay. So for example, an extroverted person like you thrive on being around people. You love being around people. When you're sad, you want to be around other people. Mm-hmm. But if you're a true introvert, like when you're sad, you just want to be by yourself. Sure. And you, to recharge, you must be by yourself. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like I recharge when I'm around other people. Wow. But I love being by myself too. And if I don't have downtime by myself, mm-hmm. it's like I just feel really super off balance. So it's just I'm right in the middle. You know, all those personality tests that mm-hmm. they give you, especially if you're like looking for work or something, mm-hmm. they never know what to make out of me because I'm like <laughs> right in between all of it, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, is that not more common that some folks, uh, are out and about, but then also like to be left alone? Or, or is it usually people are one or the other, you're saying? Yeah, usually people lean one way or another. I okay. don't know what the exact percentage okay. is of ambiverts, but I know yeah. it's not that many. Well, I'm left-handed and yeah. a Gemini, so I'm probably an ambivert. You probably are. <laughs> Who knows? I feel like, what well, based on your description just then, uh, yeah, that, that yeah. sounds right. Okay, so now get me back to um, the early years, like uh, mentors, early influences and everything. I mean, you know, because a lot of what you're saying involves so much travel, right? You're seeing so many yes. different peoples, so many different cultures, and all of this stuff. And um, it sounds like early on you were you were already kind of opening your mind and seeking something or, or seeing something. Uh, were, were there influences there, or or can you tell me about any more of those experiences? Oh gosh, you know, um, I'd say growing up in an immigrant family mm-hmm. made me realize there was more to the world than just you know living in the United States. And more to just our culture, because, I mean, when I go see my aunt, who was French, I mean, even how we ate dinner, you know, Mm. where we placed the knives and forks. And when people came to visit, you know, I had to behave and kiss people on two cheeks. And, you know, (laughs) it was like things were just different. And so I think that gave me a sensitivity to other cultures, even though they're both European cultures. It still made me realize that where you are people have different ways of doing things and interacting with each other. So I think it also made me a good observer Mm. um, to watch what's happening with, with the dynamics of people around me and to learn how to adapt. And so actually, I don't know if I was a true introvert, um, (laughs) but it's like I had to learn also how to really interact with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the funny things is my mom um, got remarried and my stepfather had all these books on his bookshelf. I mean, okay, I grew up on 30 acres in Connecticut, and it was freaking boring. I mean, it was nothing happening except for my stepfather's bookshelf. Okay. And so, you know, my parents are at work, and I'm bored, and I'm like, well, what do I do? Okay, let's take a look. This is interesting. Past Lives by Taylor Caldwell. Hmm. Mm. And Transcendental Meditation. What's that? Oh, that's interesting. Wow. And um, there was a book on body language as And you well. had no clue that he was into all of this kind of stuff? Or? Actually, it turned out he wasn't. It was his ex-girlfriend stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. Funny? Yeah. So yeah. you got to get into it, though, yourself, though. And, and I mean, these books were just like, it was your library. It was. I feel like it was like a gift. That. I still have some of those books. Awesome. I saved them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the book on body language actually mm-hmm. really it like taught me, you know, how to 
interact with people. And like, you know, when you walk up, you know, if you're interacting, you don't sit there with your arms folded. Yeah. You know, it's like you have an open position and you, when you shake someone's hand, like how should you do that? So, yeah. um, and you learn that young. Yeah. I learned that young mm-hmm. and it's and those things I think really stayed with me. And so I realized like how, you choose to behave will impact how the world sees you. Sure. And you can't always be aware of it, though, of course, at every moment. That's really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, and it, yeah. anyway, I don't know what I was going to say about that. There's I think more. that's great. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, what we were talking about early influences. You were talking about, uh, you know, where you gathered information at a young age. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't necessarily from a person. You got it from the books and the literature and information. And then use that watching other folks. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you implemented it. Right. As, yeah. as you were out and about. That's awesome. You know, I talk about we do talk a little bit sometimes um, about folks who, you know, are more introverted, like my sister and I. Um, we were growing up. We're both Gemini since we got into signs already. Um, but growing up, we were both shy. And so and I'm, I'm still a shy person, but people don't tend to believe that. But the quieter folks tend to be more perceptive. Like you were saying mm-hmm. about being an observer. And so then you can watch the body language. You watch the people, how they interact with each other and all of that stuff. And there are many ways you can use that information, right? You can use it to copycat mm-hmm. or you can use it to kind of figure out what that person's likes and needs are and then work your way into a conversation. There, there are so many different things that you can do with that. I, it's it's techniques that I learned naturally as a child that I use in networking to this day. Yeah. You know, just figuring out a room. Exactly. You learn learn how to to gauge it and see what's happening. The Film Hub is the future of co-working in downtown Vista. Get energized in an inspiring work environment that is built for your success. With multiple membership options for workspace and private offices, you can become a part of our co-working community. The Film Hub makes it easier to produce the professional content your business needs. From video production, live streams, photo shoots, or in-person events, you can create all this and more in our audio and video facilities. Love your work and where you accomplish it. The Film Hub. When it comes to your wedding, you want to look and feel your best. You don't need to settle for anything less than perfection on the most important day of your life. With Meraki Allure, you can have a custom-designed and measured wedding dress that is exactly what you imagine. They will work with you to choose the perfect style and materials so you can enjoy your dream wedding day knowing that you look stunning. Let Meraki Allure help make your special day unforgettable. Book your consultation today at MeraukiAllure.com. Absolutely. So then were there um, other travels that you were doing outside of Connecticut or were you kind of there through uh, into when you got into the schooling? Oh, so I was pretty much in Connecticut except for going to see my grandmother Mm -hmm. in Germany for the summer times. Okay. and I should say there were other very strong influences in my childhood that I haven't mentioned Please. yet, um, which is my grandmother was one of them. Um, my grandmother used to read t- uh, cards 
Oh. And then my other grandmother. In Germany? And my German grandmother okay. would read cards. And then my French grandmother, she was into some type of mystical things, but I could never really quite <laughs> figure out what it was. But I used to have these strange occurrences. And, well, maybe not, I shouldn't call them strange anymore. But when I was a kid, I used to dream about the future. Okay. And I would dream when our relatives had passed away and I would know about it. And then my mother would say, ah, that stuff doesn't exist. Oh, that's not real. And, but that drove me to understand what was going on because mm. first I thought I must be crazy. Mm. And then I picked up some of the bookshelf, some of the books on my stepfather's bookshelf. Right. And I found myself in some of those books. Mm. Um, one of the Taylor Caldwell past lives, that was one. And then of course, transcendental meditation. And there were some other ones that talked about things that are more spiritual and I thought, okay, there's more happening in this world than what people are letting on. And I might be the only one that's thinking about this right now, right. but I'm going to follow this. Yeah. I'm going to follow this trail. Yeah. So th those pieces were pivotal in my life as to where it's now ended up going. <laughs> that's so, you know, one of the most, one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by you is that you've taken that trail, but you also taken the trail that, that you're on in in business as well mm -hmm. right so how you've been able to conflate the two is like so beyond what most people would consider possible you know what i'm saying and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later so let's talk about um education like mm -hmm. you know uh i i know that you studied with some spiritual teachers as well right yeah but then also uh the formal education can you give me a little <laughs> breakdown on like the both sides of that and how you're doing that were you doing that at the same time well okay i'm gonna have to mention a little bit of the business piece okay to explain the education piece okay so um when i was in high school uh i was studying uh taking calculus and you know all the physics classes and because i discovered this amazing book called the dancing wooly masters that blended together physics and metaphysics mm -hmm. and spirituality and physics and i thought oh, okay now we're really talking here now somebody can explain to me you know why i have these mystical experiences now i can understand mm -hmm. so so that path actually took me uh, I, I studied theoretical physics and astrophysics for two years in college. But while that was going on, you know, most of my friends got jobs at like restaurants or retail stores. And and I found um, I actually was at an art store because I love the arts, too. I'm also an artist. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I'd like to work at this art store. What can I do? And then someone who was actually buying something was like just lamenting. Oh, well, we need a bookkeeper. Maybe someone can help us. And I'm like, well, hey, I know numbers. I mean, I'm taking calculus. I suppose I could learn. Mm -hmm. That statement set my career on a trajectory because they took me on and they taught me how to do bookkeeping. So here I am in high school earning twice as what my friends were. Okay. And um, while I'm, you know, then I graduated and went to college and I'm still doing bookkeeping and business things and, and building on those skills as I was going to college. And so, um, okay. And then so for, for college, this is where my life gets a little confusing because I'm, I'm multi-talented, and I, I learned a new word a couple weeks ago called, okay. and there words, there's a word for people like me, we're called multi-potentialites. Mm. Meaning we have a lot of potential. We have multi multitudes of places where we could 
blossom in different ways mm-hmm. and that we have blossomed in certain of certain places of them pieces of them but maybe not all of them yet mm-hmm. so um oh gosh what was I so that say? would like would that mean that you would have to like focus on one or the other in order to be able to fully blossom there or is it mean that it just hasn't happened yet no it's all it can be simultaneous okay yeah you can it's can be totally simultaneous and so for your education, that I mean, that's the way that you just approach things is just like, let's just learn everything all at the same time. No, no. So what happened was this. Okay. So here I am, my, my, my theoretical physics track, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is great, but oh, there's this acting class. Well, that looks really fun. <laughs> okay. And I take the acting class. And I'm like, oh man, I'm having a really good time here and having a really hard time doing my calculus homework because okay. I'd be rather, you know, be doing work for my acting class. Mm-hmm. And then... I decided, oh, okay, let's go into, let's do math and uh, let's do, what's it, um, physics and music. So I went into a program for that as I love writing music as well. Wow. And then I was like, okay, now I'm really confused. I'm going to stop for a year. I just, I stopped. I actually went to South Africa for a year. Mm. Um, actually, I had gone on a backpack trip the year before. And that's a whole other story. Now, where yeah. where were you in the education journey at this point? Like when I went to South Africa, was this, yeah, was this was after high school? Right after high school, so I had done three years of college by then. Three years of college, and then you were just like South Africa. Let's yeah. go. I just yeah, I've always been a free spirit. I'm like I love it. I can't follow the rules. I've tried. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but then you're picking up education. You're picking up information out there as well, though. Oh Anytime, my god! Everywhere you go, you're picking up information, and to do something at a place that's different than where you're used to is is awesome. Oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I learned so much about culture, anthropology, and even spirituality. It's mm-hmm. like I learned. I I never believed nature spirits were real until I was in Africa. Because mm-hmm. you can feel them there. Right. Yeah. My God. I mean, that's like, that's a whole, that's where the whole other story okay. <laughs> in, in, its, in itself. Wow. Um, and then I went back, when I came back, I was like, okay, I got to finish my degree. And I went to John F. Kennedy University and finished a bachelor's degree, which was had a focus in transpersonal psychology. Um, transpersonal transpersonal, psychology. but it was a liberal arts degree focused in transpersonal and transpersonal looks at the whole being um not just including your spiritual uh, your spiritual well-being mm-hmm. so it looks at consciousness not just from a you know a regular psychological point of view but mm-hmm. also looks at it from um as a more universal point of view largely focused on carl jung's work so, <laughs> wow, a lot of that was over my head, but I, I love I it. Worry. No, but that's a great journey, though. It's a weird, spe- it's a that's it's a niche a, specialty. So, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's good to be niche, though nowadays, right? It's good to be unique. It's good to be, spe- I mean, you know, yeah. because a lot of folks are doing all the same things, but you're taking things with such a different approach. I'm still not ready to get into the reveal. Well, I'm almost no, there. No, 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 okay, don't worry. I'm almost but there, but, but no, there's so, the, so much more. Yeah, yeah, between all there. But then, okay, so then, then you went on to your masters. No, yeah, we can't talk about the masters yet. Not yet. Okay, okay, because <laughs> no, that's after the uh, the business. Tell me about any jobs. How about any any work that you did? Okay, this is where it gets really fun too. Please. So this is um. Oh gosh. So let's see. With a, uh, so my business knowledge has always been very pragmatic, and a part of me is like, even though I'm very spiritual, I've had all these 
really extraordinary mystic, mystical experiences. I'm also very science based and very much in this world. That's the crazy. That's the, that's the wild part. I and that is really crazy. to me. It's like you, to be um, spirituality to me or having these extraordinary expansive experiences to me is meant to have us just walk in this world with more awareness mm-hmm. rather than no, not be part of this world. It's to be here in this world. I love it. So um, so I've had, let's say, a parallel path in my life. One has been where these mystical experiences have driven me in my academic studies. Mm. And that those that's the real driver behind that. So we've got, you know, looking at physics and then music as an expressive form and then psychology and then social psychology, which we'll get to in my master's degree. And then um, so we've got that whole track and then we've got the business track. Yes. And so with the business track, um, I just kept building on my skills. So learning how to run small businesses, mm-hmm. um, learning how to do government contracting, learning how to run nonprofits. Wow. And also, and I said, okay, I don't want to do this anymore one day. I'm like, that's it. I'm taking classes at the community college. I'm going to learn media arts. I'm going to learn how to, um, you know, do productions. And I learned how to write a screenplay. I actually wrote an entire screenplay as a result of that. Love it. And and I walked into a life-changing moment um, getting there. (laughs) So I walked into someone's office because they needed a web designer. I thought, okay, I can use some of this interest, this cool stuff, and be a web designer. And I walk in there, and he looks at my resume. Mm -hmm. He goes, oh, but... You've done bookkeeping and run businesses, and why do you want to be a web designer? How about you want to learn mergers and acquisitions instead? Wow. And be and so I was like, well, okay, that sounds great. So mm-hmm. that was a pivotal point. So I ended up working for that company and mergers and acquisitions, learning how to write private placement memorandums. And <laughs> <laughs> and as I say it's all been kind of accidental that all this has happened, but as a result of that experience, I've been able to help other businesses uh, understand what uh, investors are looking for, understand how to build their business models, understand how to build um, how to be profitable in what they're doing, mm-hmm. and also look at the human component behind things that really adds to that. You know, how do you create a workplace that people actually want to come to? That's, uh, that's what's so fascinating so. to me. So let me get into the reveal. Okay. <laughs> All right. The author of the handbook for badass spiritual warriors. Who else do you know using the following words all in one sentence? Science, math, mergers and acquisitions, spiritual and cultural. If I told most business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs that a resource like Kareem exists, they'd never believe me. Only in dreams can a business person imagine that they could get help not just growing their business, but to build a more well-rounded workplace and so much more all in one place. Every once in a while, you get to meet a unicorn face to face, and I'm sharing my meeting with our listeners. Kareen LeBrun, welcome again to our show. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm like so honored by that introduction. (laughs) I I, I meant every word. The reveal. Oh my God. I meant every word. And you know, it's it's so, it's just, I don't know, it's fascinating, right? It's hard for for me to even wrap my head around, and I've been studying you. (laughs) 
uh, the number of things that you know and have a grasp of and understand, right? Because so many people just like, even just to have a good grasp of themselves spiritually and, you know, having that connectiveness and, and being able, that's so important. Yeah. Right. And I mean, crucial, like really, really important to be happy in life. Right. Yeah, it is. And then at the same time, we can go over here to the business side of things and be like, okay, well we can figure out this whole workplace situation for you as well. And we can figure out how you can, you know, meet your margins, do with things that you want to do in order to be successful in business. And now we put all these together. To, we put both of these together. And I'm not just talking about because I think I have a grasp of it. I'm, te- Corinne, I'm teaching because I have a grasp of it uh, because I traveled some places or I saw some things. But because I've learned, I've actually educated myself in all of these facets. You're working on your Ph.D. right now. Mm-hmm. This is not like a yeah. game. You're not. It's not play. <laughs> So, you know, that that's that's what's so fascinating to me. And that's why it's it's like incredible just speaking to you right now, because I don't even know where to start. Thank this is you. so much. Oh, my God. You know, it's so funny. And sometimes I sit there and I'm by myself and I'm like, I don't know anything. Oh, my God. Like, no, nothing at all. It's like and then I start talking to people. I'm like, oh, my God, I've collected a lot of information. Here. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So now get us back to the master's, though. We're going okay. into the master's program. What were you thinking about when you were going into it? What, what was the goal? Um, actually, just to learn. I'm just, okay. I love learning about so important. things all the time. Mm-hmm. And I cannot stop. And I actually had not. So it's funny. I got my bachelor's degree. Then I went back for the associates. Does that make sense? Illogical. But anyway. <laughs> and then I decided to pursue the master's degree in social psychology. I mean, that's the focus of it because it just fascinates me how the outside world has such a big influence on how we think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the people around us, our culture, and we don't even understand it. We don't even know. Yes. And it really, it's, you know, we think about using positive affirmations. Yes. Like, why do they work? Mm-hmm. And why does that stuff work better when you do it together with a group? You know, there are reasons why that that actually happens Mm -hmm. and especially when you do things in a group when you have that support it's exponential you know the results that you get Mm -hmm. so it was things like that and i also wanted to understand that when you look at the world how can you unwind what you see in a positive way so you can connect more with other human beings Mm-hmm. Because that is ultimately, to me, when you're on a spiritual path, you're trying to literally clear away the debris that stands in your way of truly connecting with another person. Mm. And so, to me, um, studying psychology, social psychology, is all about like how do I become better at understanding what's going on so then I can pass it on to other people. Wow. So. Okay. So passing it on because you said connect with other human beings, mm-hmm. and you're also saying passing information on or passing it on to yeah. other other human beings. Um, and and I guess that that also translates when we're talking to businesses as well, right? Because yeah. they want to be able to connect, right? That's really, I mean, if you look at advertising, that's what mm-hmm. it's all about, right? So um, yeah. you're able to explain to folks how to figure all of these things out, but really starting from the inside. Hello, I'm William P. Toom, founder and president of Kaizen Group International, a San Diego-based business development company to support your bottom line. We specialize in recovering research and development tax incentives and reducing your energy utility cost expense. 
we advocate for your IRS cash rebates and credits, and we minimize the cost, expense, risk, and increase your profit gain. Feel free to contact me directly through LinkedIn, and direct calls are always encouraged. Your success is our business. Thank you so much. Ignoring squeals and warning lights on your car is not a good way to lower the cost of owning it. And going without essential business insurance is not a good way to save money in your business. What we know for sure is doing either will cost you more than you will save in the short and the long run. With YourInsurancePlace.com, you can trust the specialists to help maintain your cars and avoid major expenses. Business owners should look to business insurance specialists when it comes to finding competitively priced quality insurance coverage for their businesses. At YourInsurancePlace.com, we specialize in workers' compensation, general and professional liability, employment practices and cyber liability, property owner policies, and bonds for most types of businesses. YourInsurancePlace.com knows that we can help. If you're uncovered, need to lower the cost of your current insurance, or need better coverage, we can help. YourInsurancePlace.com has been helping businesses for close to 40 years. If you need a quote on your insurance, call us now at 858-569-8100 or find us at YourInsurancePlace.com. We are business insurance specialists ready to help. That Yeah, that's one way, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, with um, it's a call organizational development when you are looking at an, at an organization and trying to figure out like, what is our culture really all about? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are our nuances? And yeah. some cult- some companies, they've call it codified their culture. Literally, it's conscious. They've written it down. They talk about it. They do things to enforce it. And some companies don't do that yet. Right. You know, some companies, they just figure, well, we just all know what we do here. But it's <laughs> yeah. unconscious. That's funny. I mean, you know, and, and I can almost understand that because... I'm trying to remember when the term corporate culture actually started, but it's fairly new. Yeah. Right. And so you're you're kind of explaining something that a lot of businesses are trying to figure out right now that they that they are actually actively working to do is to create a culture. And and when you do, then everybody can be on the same page. It's one thing, yes. like you say, I like I like what you said about the fact that a lot of businesses just say task it's like task you do this you do that mm-hmm. you do this this is what we do and then we all go home and then we live our separate lives but it's another thing to create a culture and then we almost kind of all have the same mind frame right we all yeah. have the same goals uh for our business and if you can create a culture for the business so how do you do do you do that from scratch i mean what's the process to walk into place and just say okay we're going <laughs> to build a culture <laughs> Well, it's like a business already has a culture, okay. which is interesting. It can either be healthy or unhealthy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, okay, okay. Um, but for example, I had one project. Uh, actually, was right here as a few years ago. I think it was more like three, four years ago now. The Cross Border Express here in um, the, there's a border crossing. It goes from San Diego to Tijuana. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know about that bridge. And sure. so part of uh, my team, what we did is we went in and we uh, reorganized their HR department and then also helped to codify their culture 
because they had a new CEO coming in. Mm. And the current culture they had worked so well. It was a startup culture, like everybody loved what they're doing. And it was, well, how do we capture this Mm -hmm. to make sure that this stays and that this is, you know, perpetuated no matter who who's in leadership to make sure sure. that the right leaders are congruent, like that the right leaders are chosen who actually like the who doesn't say like the culture, who are congruent with the culture, who can embrace it and then take it a step further. Okay. So, for example, with a process like that, it's like, you know, you take the different teams and then you find out, well, hey, what do you love about working here? What do you think are the values? Um, And also find out how do people implement that? Like, how do you start an email? Does do you, are emojis okay in this organization? <laughs> are they not? I mean, it's really okay. simple things like that. Okay. It's um, how do you pay your vendors? Like, what is do you have a system in place? Is that something you pride yourself on paying them 30, 60, 90 days? Like, you know, mm-hmm. are you, um, you know, like, what are the things you really value? Is it about? I remember one of the values they had was about family because mm-hmm. um, most of them are actually from mm-hmm. Mexico. And with the Mexican culture, it's, you know, family is so important. So sure. what was so beautiful is it translated into their work culture as well. Mm-hmm. So it was more like a family working there than mm-hmm. anything else. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of things it's to, and you, to help people find out what their culture already is, yeah. what they love, and then how to build on it, how they act on it. And to, you know, you write it up and you hope that you know, people... <laughs> You know, that's funny, uh, you know, and I imagine that it's you, you, I mean, that's a special talent in itself to be able to write it up. Right. Because when you've taken it from the feeling, what they think is just like something in the air, you know, their culture, you know, quote unquote, is is supposed to be invisible. (laughs) And then you put it in black and white. Does that translate? So um, you've got to be a really good writer to make sure that 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 feels the same as what I did, what we were just explaining to you. Yeah. Well, it's a very collaborative (laughs) process. So, for example, Mm -hmm. it's like I would pull them, you know, what do you think? And then I remember we had like a ton of sticky notes, colored different sticky notes on our the whiteboards. And so Mm -hmm. it's a very collaborative process where it's their words. Right. It's definitely it's what they come up with because it's it's what they own. I'm just merely facilitating the process. Right. Yeah. So, but those are, um, that's, that's one way to facilitate, like, how do you make those cultures become aware? Mm -hmm. And what I love about what's happening now in the world is that, especially with what we call the great quote resignation, Mm. you know, people Mm -hmm. becoming more aware if they want purpose and meaning in their lives. And if a workplace isn't giving that to them, then it's been a wake up call for some workplaces to say, hey, like, how do we fix this? How do we give people a a deeper sense of meaning when they come to work? Mm -hmm. And culture provides that. And so that's um, I like those things are so fascinating to me. So now there are more um, needs in the corporate environment. Right. Um, And and I learned some that you work with some of these things. Right. Um, There's strategic needs. Um, There's training and employees. Right. Um, Financial management. And then we also got this little psychological knowledge that's kind of being intertwined in all of this as well. Right. To build on a a good business. Is that right? Exactly. So I'm able to look at things holistically. So, <laughs> That's what makes you special. <laughs> so what I love doing is I actually there, there are two things I, I do in the world uh, right now. And one is it's like when I consult with entrepreneurs and with small companies, 
um, it's just CVX wasn't that small, small, but it's, uh, I should say, smaller to mid-sized companies. Um, what I'm able to do is see the whole picture because I have a financial background, I have an operations background, but, I, but my favorite thing to do these days is to really help with the human aspect and to make sure that people are happy at work because, and so people are productive. You know, what do they need? And sometimes they literally need new software to be happy. Sure. It's that simple. Or sometimes literally it's um, they need to find better ways to work with their team. Sometimes people want to work remotely. Um, but basically what I do is I work with companies that I feel in alignment with. They have to be purpose-driven. Mm-hmm. And that is so important to me that you're in some way creating a positive change in the world. Because mm-hmm. then I feel good about what I'm doing mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And and I just help entrepreneurs identify, you know, the places they're having a hard time with. And then I just help them create a strategy and an implementation plan to do that. So those are pieces that I do. Okay. So now <clears throat> there are advisors out there, right? Um, who have less experience and right? some who have far more than I do. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm I'm just curious yeah. about uh, what you think about these folks who who want to go into businesses and you know turn things upside down and make these kind of changes who don't necessarily have a lot of experience. And uh, how many have you come across that you have to go back behind and clean up? You know, the businesses I, I tend to work with haven't usually had anyone come in to try to fix it, mm-hmm. and then and then I okay. have to go clean up. Thank okay. God that's not the case. Usually, the ones I work with, they're they're busy scaling. Mm. They're going from a smaller size business to a larger size business, and um, yeah, I just feel really fortunate that I've been able to help them figure out like how do you build a team that that makes sense for where you want to go, like some. Some businesses are very um, proactive and they're they move very fast. And if people okay. make mistakes, it's not a big deal. Some are very slow moving and they're very very intentional. And if you know you forget to put a period on an email, they get very upset. Mm-hmm. Just different cultures, different types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how to answer that. In a yeah, way. I mean, yeah. no, I, I I get it, and and I think that. Um, you know, it, it, that's what's so important about the way that you approach it. And, and so in my estimation, yeah. um, your experience helps in that way because an inexperienced, quote unquote, business coach might go in and just say, this is how it worked over here. This is how yeah. it's going to work there. This is the only formula I know, and I'm going to keep using it every everywhere I go. I see what you're saying, yeah. Right? Exactly. Whereas what you're doing is you're going in and kind of assessing everything that's going on, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe interviewing the folks that are on the front lines and, and, and kind of just figuring out exactly what's going on there so that you can help get them to whatever it is that their goal is, right? Uh, it could be scaling, but it could be just expanding on the workforce. It could be, you know, whatever it is. And so um, I don't I don't know, but I, I have met some business coaches who just come in with the intention of, you know what, I met that guy, that guy, that guy, fire those three, and then I got, you know, a different type of, folk that we can bring in and can make things happen right here right now yeah 
I've totally seen that happen. <laughs> okay, so you, okay. <laughs> no, I've seen those things happen and they never end well because right. they're not taking culture into account and also mm-hmm. the humanity of people into account. Right. And if you don't take people's humanity or their humanness into account, they're going to quit. They're not going to be loyal. They're not going to want to come to work. It's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. I you love know? it. Yeah. I love it. So now let's get a little uh, lighter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the work-life balance, right? Because um, we want happy employees. Right. Exactly. Right? Yes. Um, how do we make sure that the way that we approach our business isn't just, hey, work, 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 and then go home, Right. You know, just do what do what I need you to do and then get on out of here. But instead, appreciating and understanding um, the balance that a lot of your folks need, as well as the business owners themselves. Right. Because the business owner who's going home trying to stress over these numbers and the lines and all um, may need to take a step back and see from the outside looking in a little bit as well or, or at least. Just take a little bit of time off and allow the work to develop itself, delegate and so forth. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure what was the question. Work life balance. I'm just trying <laughs> to figure out. Balance, yeah, yeah. How do we create a work life balance in, in the culture of, of our businesses? Yeah. That's also so dependent on the actual culture of, sure. of a business. But it's um, but what research is, of course, and it's kind of logical, too. Mm-hmm. It's like people want to have the freedom to do the work when they need to do it by have Mm. it be Mm project-based and have the autonomy to do it on their own and not be micromanaged. Nobody likes to be micromanaged. Um, So those are some essential pieces, uh, but just different types of jobs require different types of supervision. I mean, some, some are supervision heavy, especially if you're working, let's say in a factory, for example, that's kind of hard to do. But, um, you know, in cases like that, it would probably be, actually, I haven't consulted with a, with a manufacturing company, but I would imagine, you know, you make sure people don't work overtime when, you know, and you actually really, you make sure people have enough time to recharge. Right. And that's something that's really, that's so important. Yeah. And you give people motivators to actually, to make, motivators to show them what they've completed. Mm. You know, say, here are your goals mm-hmm. and this is what you've achieved. And so because that actually always makes us feel good to know what we've achieved. Right. And also, you know, with positions where people are project based, also just having to know what you achieved and that it's appreciated. Mm-hmm. That is so enormous. And so those collaborative models where you know, you've got the employees, the managers, the executive team, where everyone feels like they're actually on the same team yes. and on the same level, mm-hmm. where it just each person's skill set is just value. It's it's valued. Right. And so that's those are the types of businesses that create the most harmonious types of workplaces and the most productive. Mm-hmm. So that's the piece that I'm actually really excited about is. Now, more and more, the information is getting to, um, let's say, top tier executives in larger companies where they're saying, oh, gosh, the research is out there. If we change this, you know, people are actually going to be happier. They're going to be more productive than less productive. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of research on especially hours worked um, and, and productivity. I think there were, I can't remember what country it was out of, but people worked four days a week 
and they were more productive than if they worked mm. five days I've a week. I've heard this before. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name of the study. But for me, it's like I like knowing things intuitively, but then I also like seeing the research behind it sure. because then I feel really empowered to tell, let's say, an employer or whoever, you know, that, hey, this works and this is a good reason to try it. So appeal to the logic, you know. I love it. Yeah. I love it. How about you? How about uh, finding work-life balance uh, for yourself? We already I, we yeah. were giggling earlier about fire dancing. Yeah. I know. I mean, actually, it doesn't. It's not funny when I really think about <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but I know that there's so much involved with your journey on on that end of this of the world as well. So I'm really interested. What what is fire dancing? First, of oh, all? what is fire dancing? That's <laughs> my latest hobby. So it's like I always have new expressive arts hobbies that, mm-hmm. I, that I like to do. And um, I, I love to, I'm a fusion belly dancer. Okay. And so I realized like, wouldn't it be really fun to learn fire dancing? And because one of my friends does it. And so what it is, is you basically have, um, gosh, how can I describe it? It's uh, these metal prongs okay. that are, it's like a fan. Imagine a metal fan. Okay. And then they're lit on fire, and then you dance with them. Okay, okay. and so it looks really cool. With at all of that hair? Well, no, no. <laughs> so there, it literally before because uh, I took my first class in it, um, and the, the instructors did not let us light up fire until we practiced for six weeks. Okay. So first, what you're learning is how do you even handle these things? How do you dance with these things? They're mm-hmm. heavy, and you know you have to build some muscle. Oh. And then we learn all the fire protocols. You know, like what to wear, what not to wear. You tie yeah. your hair up. You know, sure. it's like, sure. and then how do you actually light things up? Is it close to the audience? Is it far away from the audience? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, what do you use to put out fires? What if you get burned? So we learn all those different things. So it's, yeah, it's just lots of You would it. do that for an audience? Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. That is amazing. So, okay, I need to hear more. What what else are you doing? <laughs> what are these other artistic <laughs> things? This is this is wild stuff. So that this I see my latest is I can't do all my hobbies all at once. I know you're a yoga instructor as well. Right? No, I'm actually not a yoga. Oh, okay, instructor. I thought uh, I saw some Kundalini. I know it's, a, it's, okay. it's confusing. I'm okay. sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's I um did the Kundalini yoga teacher training program. Oh, okay. But um, but I use that information to help teach people um, information about their spiritual journey. So something else that I do is I'm a spiritual life coach, especially for people who've had any type of spiritual experience that they would like to learn more about or let's even get back to. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people have had these really peaceful or states or um, expanded states of awareness. Mm-hmm. And somehow life, I mean, life is going to cover Take it up away. unless yeah, you really sure. cultivate that stuff. Right. But it's all there for us. Uh-huh. So my psychology studies, along with um, my Kundalini Yoga teacher training, all of that is, I put all that information into that. It's incredible. So that's yeah, a... That's fun. And so my creative art. So there have been times where I played the guitar a lot, written lots of songs. Okay. Written electronic music. Um I have a little album online. It's it's electronic music. It's no, not, we got to look fancy. this up. We got to <laughs> look it fancy, up. It's not fancy, but more. it's uh, not fancy, but it's uh, it's there at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to paint as well. So those are some other things. And, and dancing is really the one thing I just love doing. I always say when I dance, I remember who I am, and mm. that's why that's on the cover of my book. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, if I ever forget, like what. 
my essence is really all about. Mm-hmm. I need to just find music I really like and mm-hmm. then dance. And I think that's it's that way for everyone. We each have our own creative outlet that reminds us of who we are and the essence of our soul. Mm. And that is like something I'm really passionate about. And that is something I really love helping people with. It's like just inspiring them to spend more time with that. Yeah. As I know what it does for me, it's like it's healing just in the process of doing it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Congratulations on all that. Okay. Now, um, mm-hmm. the name up level ninja. Oh my God. Okay. Story there. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god how much time we got the up level ninja academy <laughs> i want to okay. hear about this there is a story about an up level ninja so i was going to name my my business business um for helping entrepreneurs up level mm-hmm. there was nothing you can't have up level.com it's all taken but mm-hmm. they had up level dot ninja and i was like oh, that sounds cool i think i'll do that and so i had that name for a while And then I was looking for information on these esoteric meditation practices and having to do with um, these things called kundalini awakenings, which I help people with. Um, And I was on Reddit and I saw, oh, it looks like, what do you know? These people who they practice ninjutsu, the ninja, they actually understand what this is about. Hmm, this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I went down the bunny trail and then I found... um, a martial arts called Toshindo. Mm. And that is, um, came out of one of the school of the ancient ninja. And so now I practice that and I'm working on my third belt. So literally the ninja word came before I even found out that the part of the ninja path is something I resonate with. So, wow. That's yeah, pretty interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Up level ninja. Okay. So, yeah. um, we're going to, Oh, I got to ask you one more question. Yes. Because this one is a special one. Based on this season, we talked uh-huh. about hashtag yeah. Meraki season. Um, what is your Meraki? Now, we, now we, we all know, and I'm going to tell the listeners, yeah. that Meraki means to do something with love. Like when you put a piece of yourself into what it is that you do, to do something with love, right? So um, we're interested in knowing what is your Meraki. It is getting in touch while it's... Getting, helping people get in touch with their soul through creative expression. Wow. And so that's something I just really love or inspiring that in people. And you can do that through helping people with their work, their businesses, mm-hmm. through living more freely, through believing in themselves more. Mm-hmm. So that is, that's what I really love doing. And that's the whole thread of my life of like yeah. gathering more and more information so I can be more helpful with that. It's so clear. It's so clear. And I mean, it's so special what it is that you do and the approach, the path that you take to get to those folks. I mean, that's that's just amazing. Um, and I mean, really, really important. But I'm not sure I've ever met anyone that thought of it the way that you think of it. Right. You know, these business folks, they sit down and they all think let's focus on this and let's try to talk about what's going to help us accomplish these goals. And then there are the creatives. They're like, you know, let's just, let's just, you know, zone out and figure out what comes to our minds. Right. And um, then there's also the spiritual folks who are like going out to seek some other, get in touch with something and, and, you know, have some connection with something that's bigger than themselves. And then you found a way to like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's a challenge to be multifaceted, though. Congratulations! Not an easy path. What was the other? What was the other letter? M M B. Um, uh, a multi potentialite. <laughs> Your multi potentialite. <laughs> there are other podcasts about that with other people. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so the business lesson of the day: creating a healthy culture with intention provides a happy work environment and a productive business. Okay, um, I want to thank you. Kareen, for coming and visiting us. Um, and I want you guys to learn more about Kareen and stay in touch with her. Uh, definitely look up the book and purchase it, Handbook for Badass Spiritual Warriors. And uh, also follow her on Instagram at Wild Divine Bliss or email her at hello at uplevelninja.com. Is that about right? Yeah. Thanks so much for being here with us. Wow, thank you. This, this was thank great. You. This is great. Thank you enjoy you. it? You have fun? Yeah, very much. Okay. Very, very much. Awesome. Yeah. want you to like and subscribe us on at SameBizPod, S-A-M-E-B-I-Z-P-O-D, and at A Different Day Radio. Don't forget to comment and hashtag Meraki Season, M-E-R-A-K-I Season. Thank you all for listening. You guys are the best. Thank you for your support. Same business, different day. <laughs>